0: All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 62 on the Way to Go Figure podcast. Leo Cannell here. Ty, what is going on?
1: You know, I'll tell you what. Celebrations in, in Miami for that 1972 football team, Leo. there. I are mean, stars popping champagne. Another, another year. I, it's I don't
0: think they'll ever have to not pop either. one every year because it's <laughs> too difficult to go on <laughs> Not the anymore. Feed. Yeah, it's it's so tricky now. But. I mean, the Patriots of 07, that was the team. That had the chance to do it and the Giants, Michael Strahan, Eli Manning upset him. So, Yep. yep. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Well, everybody, we got a cool topic for you today. Something interesting that uh, that we're going to be doing over the holiday season. Sometimes, you know, we've talked a little bit about this over the last uh, month or so. That you want to have momentum going into the fourth quarter, and instead of everybody pulling back and you know missing all this time, like having some end of your numbers that your team can hit, and then for you as the entrepreneur leader, spending some of that off time where you're just sitting there, you know, eating turkey or, or hanging out, and you know, you spend the time with the family, but at some point, you know, everybody's you know, playing video games or doing their thing or whatever. And you've got like an hour or two, it's a great time to work on yourself, to read a book, to learn new skills. And another great thing that you can do is actually write your book. You Absolutely. can write your book during that holiday period. And so Ty and I are going to be writing a book together and I'm super excited about it. Ty, tell them about this uh, idea and, and how it came about and what what we're looking to accomplish with this book.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I just think there's so much disinformation out there um, when it comes to solopreneurs and gig workers. And that's kind of our market. That's who we've served for the last decade. And so, you know, we go out and look at these books and there's so many great books for just being an entrepreneur. And there's so many great books on running enterprise level businesses and enterprise level finances. And, you know, there's not a lot of really good information out there for the solopreneur around, you know, credit around funding, around these things that are so important for new business owners. So we decided, you know, it's time to create our own curriculum. It's time to write our own book instead of just little snippets here and there. And we've written a lot of content on just credit, but credit is only one, it's a major piece, but it's only one piece of that solopreneur journey. So we decided, you know what, let's create the seven financial secrets for solopreneurs and gig workers. And we're seven figures funding, obviously. So we like to, Seven's to a great like, number. Stick with that. And so chapter one, of course, we're gonna we're gonna start off with credit secrets and and dive into credit and how it's
0: utilized and why it's so imperative for business owners. Absolutely. And you know, every entrepreneur at some point was a solopreneur. Right. Yeah. Maybe you had the job and and you were side hustling at night or you know, you had the full time job and you started the business off and maybe it was just evenings and weekends and, and really that was kind of kind of where we've where we all started, right? And so there are 20 million of the small business owners that have entities that are solopreneurs. And then I think there's another 50, 60 million that are gig workers that are basically solopreneurs as well. Maybe they drive for Uber, maybe they're on fiverr.com and they're doing social media and logos and and different uh, design images, but they're all small business owners. They're solopreneurs. And every solopreneur at some point realizes they want to become an entrepreneur and then it's impossible for them to do it without these seven financial secrets. And so let's let's dive into secret number one, which we call credit secrets and why that's so important. And when you start off as a solopreneur. You know, there's the banks aren't handing out big loans, and so it's based on your personal credit to get some financing to get this little solopreneur business off the ground. What are some of the secrets that you feel like people should understand if you're in the solopreneur camp and you're trying to, all right, what are the next steps that I can take with my credit so I have a foundation To be able to build the business in the future and eventually become an entrepreneur build a business that runs on itself you can actually go on vacation as a solopreneur and the business keeps making money what do you feel like are some of the the important steps that people need to understand about credit again that's they're not taught this in school
1: yeah I i think that it's so important with credit leo is number one that you understand and accept the fact that your personal credit matters Right. Yeah. I think there's this big misconception that, oh, I'm going to jump into business. I'll get my LLC. And then it's just about building my business credit and which is good. You should do that. You should build your business credit, but your personal credit is going to matter. It is going to matter again and again. And again, we have a client right now that's doing, you know, 12 million plus dollars a year. And guess what? their personal credit still matters. Does it mean that it's gonna report personally? No, but they still look at that from from an approval standpoint. And so what that means is we need to understand personal credit and how it works. And so we're gonna be able to dive in, you know, what's what's a FICO score? What's a Vantage score? What's the difference between FICO eight and FICO nine and all these other FICO scores you see out there? What makes up your credit score? I mean, is it does it really matter if I carry a balance on my card or is it a matter of getting my utilization below a certain percentage? How much do inquiries impact, right? All of these things, as a business owner, you need to understand so that as you make these, these credit decisions um, you're doing
0: it from a place of knowledge you're not playing the guessing game exactly right well, let's unpack some of the credit secrets that we know matter if you're a solopreneur and i think the first one you brought out is so important it's fico score matters vantage score does not and Absolutely. so if you have credit karma and you're managing your credit there and you're like credit karma says i have a 700 Vantage score. And then you go and you apply for a business credit card or some sort of personal loan to get your finances in order to have some money for your business. And then you get declined and you're like, well, wait, why am I getting declined? And actually the little you know decline letter says, well, hey, I'm sorry, Bob, your FICO score is a 623. And Bob scratches his head like, wait a second, Vantage score said, I said, have a 700 with Credit Karma, FICO 623. What's going on?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it, they, the thing you need to do is you need to go directly to Experian.com. Um, you can do it with a free account, but you need to start looking at your FICO scores and start understanding what's creating that score and why your FICO score is lower, but your Vantage score is higher. Um, and, and so again, that's some of the things that we definitely need to break down. I would say the next biggest, biggest secret there from a credit standpoint is utilization. Absolutely. Right. And not looking at utilization as a negative factor, right? There's there's a big difference between overutilization and a collection. Okay. A collection is gonna stay on your credit for a long time and it's going to impact you for a long time. Utilization sometimes as a new business owner, Leo, how many times did we have to have that card to the max? oh uh, especially at the beginning of your business i mean you max it out the first six months over and over and over yeah. but we understood that that credit card reports the balance to the credit bureaus once a month so as long as you bring that utilization down right before it reports your score is going to jump right back up where it was it's not like a collection that's going to keep your score down for an extended period of time your score jumps right back up and as you correct the overutilization, So understanding those reporting dates and what percentages your utilization needs to be down to so that you can qualify for more funding. Or if you don't need more funding right now, understanding, hey, my score is gonna be a little bit lower because I needed to purchase this big batch of leads or I needed this new CRM.
0: But as soon as I pay it down, my score jumps right back up and I can go get more funding. And I'd say that's probably the top credit secret right there is understanding credit utilization. When, when we say utilization, we're just talking about if you have a $10,000 credit card limit, you want that balance to be below 45% of the limit. In this example, that's $4,500 on a $10,000 card. If you can get it below of a $10,000 limit, even better. And that's the quickest way to increase your credit score is by dropping that utilization. Most people think, well, I always make my payments on time. I should be able to qualify for anything. And that's only 35% of your credit score. 30% of it, the next biggest factor is that utilization of how you use credit cards. And so if you can be smart when you are going to apply for financing, you have those paid down. And you have to understand, too, as a solopreneur, as you bring money into your business, yes, you got to pay your personal bills, but you don't take that money and go on vacation until you actually pay your card back down and reset it. Absolutely. And I just I just
1: think back on our business and obviously we do credit for a business. So it was important that we knew credit from that standpoint. But I think about the financial aspect of our business and i I genuinely don't think we would be here today if we didn't understand credit. And the ability to leverage that credit and which leads right into to chapter number two, which is going to be funding secrets. But funding is very, very tricky if you don't understand credit. And you know, obviously we we were able to get that loan from from a family member, which thank goodness that happened. But outside of that, every single big move
0: we've made is because of the, our ability to leverage and understand credit. No question. Not only have we leveraged hundreds of thousands, but actually millions of dollars in creative funding that we've secured for the business. And then it comes down to this concept that we coined called ROL, return on loan, return on line of credit. What happens is you don't actually take out money for the business until you've got a proof of concept. Now, that can be you know, you have the experience in, in the business industry and you know that you've got a product or service that there's demand for in the marketplace and you are going to create a, a more unique product or service, a better experience, a better you know, mousetrap, if you will, for your customer and client. Once you have that proof of concept, or maybe you're working with someone who has a roadmap for success who has helped, you know, a bunch of people start e-commerce Amazon businesses or invest in real estate or start an online digital marketing agency and you have this roadmap for success and you can confidently take out funding. So that's kind of that second step as a solopreneur. I've built this credit foundation. I've paid, you know, the price to build a strong foundation. Now I can secure money and there's money that you secure initially for the business, and then you have you know, lines of credit, et cetera. Like we, we have a business credit card that started out with a $10,000 limit. It's now up to $115,000. That gives you amazing flexibility and cashback rewards. And so the whole point is you go out and get funding when you need it, yes, but even before that, before you need it so that you have it available in case of emergency or in case of opportunity.
1: Exactly, I think that's the biggest thing with with chapter two and funding secrets. It's it's gonna be tricky. You've written you wrote an entire book, the business funding formula, that we're gonna have to shrink down into one chapter, uh, so it's gonna be tricky. But I I think the biggest thing is number one, understanding the the financial capital ladder, right? The yeah. the funding opportunities mm-hmm. that are out there, and once you see these opportunities that are out there, it's shifting to that ROl mindset. It's shifting to the return on loan, return online mindset and being able to look at debt differently. I, th- I think, you know, there's all of these funding opportunities right in front of us, but we think why on earth would I ever use credit cards for a business? Credit cards are bad. Well, credit cards are only bad if you're not disciplined with with your credit. Um, credit cards are actually a phenomenal resource, but you may have never thought to use credit cards, even personal credit cards, to fund a business. So, The Funding Secrets chapter is going to break down, here's all of the options that are available. Here's the options that exist. Here's what it takes to get these options. And here's why these options make sense as long as you actually have proof of
0: concept and believe in your business. Exactly. And so if you can make 200% on a loan or a line of credit or a credit card over the next 12 to 18 months, and the cost of that capital Oftentimes, it's going to be zero percent interest for fifteen to eighteen months if you do creative card stacking. But let's say you do a an actual traditional business line of credit, and that interest rate ends up being twenty percent because hey, rates have gone up. It's an unsecured, no collateral line of credit. That's not terrible. Business is higher risk than personal. You have a two hundred, you know, a, a fifty thousand dollar business uh, line of credit with twenty percent interest. But if I make two hundred percent over the next, you know, twelve months, what's two hundred minus 20, it's 180% return on loan, return on line of credit. Are you winning that battle? Absolutely. And that's what you have to understand with business debt versus personal. Personal, you want that mortgage payment as low as possible, that car loan as low as possible. Hopefully, that's the only debt we take out for personal reasons. But on a business, it's different. I can take out a higher interest business loan if that's the best I qualify for. And as long as I've got that proof of concept, I'm generating a good return with a marketing campaign, with an affiliate program, whatever it is you're doing to bring people in and you know your product or service is profitable enough, then you'll be able to pay that debt off quickly. And that's what you must do. You know, don't hold on to that debt forever and pay interest, pay it down, have a revolving line of credit, have multiple business credit cards, have them available, get the cash back bonuses, but then you have to pay them back down.
1: Exactly. It's so funny. I, I do this training sometimes, you know, obviously we both have a lot of speaking opportunities right. across the country. And so oftentimes, depending on the type of training and group, I I do this presentation on stage where I, I have someone come up, hey, empty your pockets. You can't bring anything with you. Come on up here. Um and then I'll I'll tell them, hey, I've got a hundred dollar bill right here. I'm call me crazy, but I'm I'm willing to sell it to you for fifty bucks. And they say, I, I say you've got you've got 10 seconds, to make your decision. Do you want it? And they'll say, well, I don't, I don't have any money on me. I'll say, well, Hey, I've got Leo over here. I've got Steve over here. Um, Steve's got the cash. Steve will give me 50 bucks, uh, for this hundred dollar bill. But Steve, what's, what's your terms? And he says, well, I want half of it. I want half of half of what you make. And so the client looks, or the the person up on stage, looks at this and says, okay, well, I can get a hundred dollar bill for a $50 bill. And then Steve wants to take half of the 50 that I just made. So. I'm walking away with $25 and I didn't do anything. And they do it like that. It's like this no brainer in a heartbeat, of course. Yeah, why wouldn't I do that? But you guys, that's essentially 50%, right? 50% interest. So in a situation like that, it's this no brainer, I'll do it. So it's not a matter of the money's too expensive. It's a matter of you don't believe in your business enough. And so that's what it comes down to. If you understand the ROL and you believe in your business, Who cares what the money costs as long as it's it's making you money. It's more expensive than not it's more expensive to not be in business is is
0: it is because that opportunity came along where you could have you know, sponsor that event, you could have built that software that would yeah. take your business to the next level and dang, the, the loan or the line of credit was gonna, gonna cost you, but it actually costs you more not taking it out, taking that step to build the business further, which would have doubled your profits and increased your income after paying the money back. And that's the mistake that most of us make is we treat our business like we do our personal finances and it can't be that way because businesses generate returns much more significantly you're not generating return typically you buy the car it's just point a to point b right you you buy the house it's a place to live hopefully it goes up in value sometimes it does most of the time it does but again it's not necessarily it's not earning you an income right but when you get a business loan line a credit business credit card it's generating you income as long as you're you know being smart with the business and marketing building a team, employee, systems, processes, all the things you need for success. So so secret number one is credit secrets. Secret number two, funding secrets. And then that gets into kind of the next thing that's a foundational item that a lot of people don't think about as a solopreneur. You might have a bunch of 1099 income. You might be having money come in. And then there's some tax consequences that you don't plan for exactly and that that's going to be chapter three is the tax secrets
1: and so what i love about this book leo too that we're doing here is is chapter one and two we're going to handle right we yeah we are experts in those two fields now number three we know a lot about this we've helped a ton of people with this but we're also going to go team up with people that have been tax professionals for 40 years now so we're going to get the best information and content out there but like you said tax secrets number one you've got to have the proper entity Right it, it's just it's crazy to me how many people right off the bat they'll go out and set up a C corp. Like <laughs> why on earth are, are you setting crazy. up a C corp? You're not raising capital. You're right, you're not going public. This is a, a little side hustle Amazon business. You don't need a C corp. Then we have people, "Oh, I'm I don't know if I'm serious about this. Just going to do the sole prop thing." Well, 9 out of 10 times what you ought to do is is go get that LLC. You don't need to go Set up anything crazy. And then when you're setting that up with the proper strategy and guidance from a tax professional, you get the S Corp election and now
0: you're not paying the self employment tax. 100%. And by setting that up, that self employment tax is an extra 15% that you're going to pay to Uncle Sam just for not having your business set up right. And for 99% of solopreneurs out there, that's what you should be setting up. You pay yourself a small W 2, a reasonable W 2. The rest is going to be regular dividend profit income that you take, but you're not going to pay the same high taxes. There are two tax systems in this country. There's tax systems for employees, which might be W-2 employees where the taxes are automatically taken out. And then there's the tax system for employers who provide jobs and get tax benefits because the system is built to incentivize you to become a business owner and create jobs and, and products and services. And they love that you're going to have employees and they're going to be paid w-2 salaries and this is why warren buffett says he pays less in taxes as a business owner than his secretary does because his secretary might be earning $150,000, $100,000 a year. Like, she's, she's not your average secretary. She's doing a lot of different stuff, very skilled. But she might be paying a 35% tax rate on that money. And Uncle Warren, he's just doing long-term uh, capital gains investing, probably paying 20% interest as the business owner. And all the write-offs are his. And he's not paying self-employment tax. And so those are the benefits of understanding and getting set up right as a business owner.
1: Yeah, that and and on top of that, I think the other important aspect too, Leo, is sometimes new business owners, when we talk about tax secrets, they they get very confused with what's a write-off, what's not a write-off. Yeah. You know, do I just write everything off? Does a write-off mean it's free money? No, it doesn't. People it just because it's a write off doesn't mean it's it's free. No. You're probably getting about a twenty to thirty percent discount on the product. It's the old (laughs)
0: adage of here, you know. Um, you give me a dollar and, and I'll give you a quarter and, and that's what it is, right? Yeah. Basically you're getting a quarterback from the government, um, you know, in terms of taxes
1: for sure. And and I think again, because this is geared towards solopreneurs, gig workers, and, and brand new people trying to start a business, it, it, we're going to talk about, you know, strategies for, hey, you used your cell phone to talk about business. Your cell phone bill is yes. a business expense. You work out of your home Well, your business can lease office space in your home from you. And that's a business expense. You drive your car to go source product. Well, guess what? You you get to depreciate, you get to get fuel costs, right? There's, there's a lot of things that people don't think about that they are actually using for their business that they can justifiably right off.
0: And that's where it lowers your tax liability because as a W2 employee, you don't get to do that, right? You don't get to write off the car, your cell phone, your home internet, some of your utilities, that home office space, that's just not even an option. But when you are a business owner, you get all of those write offs. And so again, that's why there's two tax systems, one encouraging you to take that risk to be a business owner and the other not to, and you're gonna pay a lot less at the end of the day. I think another tax secret that we have to talk about is this thing as you start to graduate from a solopreneur to an entrepreneur you're eventually going to hire your first employee and your second and your third employee and at that point you know they're going to need to receive w2 wages or salary and you're going to have payroll taxes as a business owner it's it's inevitable and that's part of the evolution of becoming uh, an entrepreneur and graduating from solopreneurship but one of the biggest mistakes we see that some of these solopreneurs as they become entrepreneurs and they hire employees is they think they can figure out payroll taxes or they have like an an old accountant who really doesn't understand things trying to do it, and then all of a sudden they're they're like, oh, I owe $20,000 in payroll taxes, which I just spoke with a client yesterday, and he he has $20,000 that he owed in back payroll taxes, and there are penalties and interest. There was another business that uh, used to do – staffing for Facebook and Google in the Bay Area. And they also were trying to pay their own payroll taxes. And I was getting them a business uh, loan and a line of credit. And like half of the the $200,000 we got them w- went to back payroll taxes that they owed. I was literally on the phone with the IRS agent. Okay, great. We're going to get this loan. Half of it's going to go to you to, to get current on those payrolls. So don't make that mistake. Use a great payroll company if you need one. We've got some awesome ones that we work with that we can recommend. They do everything automatically for you. They're very affordable and reasonable. And so, trying to be the expert and do everything probably one of the biggest mistakes that solopreneurs make.
1: Oh, absolutely. Which I think goes right into uh, to chapter four, which is cash flow secrets, and that's something that i've made massive mistakes on trying to do myself i know oh, yeah. previous businesses I that did. you've owned there's been nobody knows where our cash flow even did stands. we make money this month guys <laughs> i don't know
0: could we go on do this event i don't know i mean it's a horrible position to be in and yet i think the majority of small business and definitely solopreneurs are just they're not sure is there money in the bank account cool wait what expenses are coming out what investments do we need to make wait did i save some money for taxes, because you will have yeah. to pay some taxes. Oh yeah, absolutely. There, if you're not paying
1: any taxes whatsoever, I would kind of be a little bit, a little bit concerned. concerned. <laughs> Maybe you've crossed into the gray area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the cash flow secrets is imperative, and it, and you've got to understand a lot more than just oh my bank account has more in it this month than it did last month. It, it goes far 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 beyond that especially as you start to talk about forecasting and upcoming expenses mm-hmm. and you Forecast. know preparing for different things paying employees so understanding your cash flow and your margins is not something that nowadays you should just do on a spreadsheet anymore there's there's softwares there's resources obviously we've developed our own that that we're we're biased and and we think is the best out there because it's designed for solopreneurs and and gig workers but making sure you understand your cash flow and and we'll break that down and talk about our strategies in this chapter but
0: it's it's imperative it's so imperative and i remember you know the first thing we did when we started seven figures is we brought you know your dad in who's been a cpa for i guess 40 years now and i said help me build the machine out so that every week i can look at our books and be like we're profitable, we're making money, or okay, we broke even, or we we need to make some changes. But I wanted to know where we stood on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and that's where we talk about having this weekly money day with your personal finances and especially with your business, so you know if you are cash flowing, if you are paying debts down, if you are building up savings accounts, if you have money that you can now invest into another business or cash flow real estate or back into your own business to grow it, if you don't know where the cash flow is at and cash flow just means there's profitability, there's ca- there's additional cash left over to pay your personal bills, your business bills, and then make investments and grow, maybe hire additional awesome employees to your team. if you don't know where you stand with your cash flow, your business will die absolutely and
1: the next chapter chapter 5 is probably one of the best moves we've made because too many oh, new yeah. business owners they they open their business and it's like well marketing i've got to buy leads i've got to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on leads before you even know fully what you're doing quite yet and how to create leads and how to dial leads in and understanding that it takes time especially you know something like facebook it takes a lot of yeah. time and money that you're just Throwing away for the first few months to figure out that marketing. So, what we did right off the bat was understood uh, some of the best joint ventures out there, some of the best groups out there that already had our clients. And instead of having to pay for these leads up front, hey, you send us the clients, we'll perform our service, and when we get paid, we'll give you a cut. So it's called the the Dream One Hundred concept that we're going to break down in this chapter and talk about, you know, the financial secrets and, and savings
0: opportunities behind that. So awesome because you can, you know, you start a business like, Oh, I'm going to spend $15,000 on a billboard. Huh? I'm barely any leads and they're not even qualified leads are coming in. Oh, I'm going to do a $20,000 radio ad and you do the radio ad or, or you, you just just You just put all this money in without really getting the return because it's very difficult a lot of that is branding and you have to do it for like 12 months to really start getting some really solid results as people recognize your brand but when you can build out a strategic partner referral program and incentivize people who it benefits them if their clients have access to money in our business or you provide a product or service that's going to add value to the product or service that they are already uh, providing their customers and clients and there's a natural fit there and you can have an affiliate uh, partnership. Sometimes you're paying them an affiliate commission. Sometimes it's just so beneficial that you refer business back and forth. And that's what it's all about. And it just takes effort and creativity to put that together. And now you know what to expect in terms of cash flow because, oh, great, you know, $2,000 is coming in. I'm going to pay you 25% for referring me the business and it's going to cost me another 25% to fulfill. And I've got 50% available of that $2000 and now how many of these can we bring in and I know my profit margins I know my cash flow is good because my affiliate partner program is you know a 25% payout and that's how you can really grow and scale without having to risk large amounts of money going to marketing campaigns that you hope work out
1: absolutely i i'm excited to dive into that one i think a lot of businesses and and startups especially the solopreneurs are, are missing that concept right oh, there because no, that concept sure. is for every single business sometimes you look and say well I'm a flooring company who's how can i go find a, a jv and get get leads sent my way but it, it works for every business and we're going to point that out and, and explain that um, from there, it's chapter six. We're going to talk about systems and processes. is your chapter here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Systems, processes, and, and automations. And, and this is so, so, so important, not just for your own sanity, but for your own tracking, for your own cash flow, for your own funding, for the purposes of keeping your employees happy and keeping them from burning out and going absolutely crazy because everything's hosted in in a Google doc, right? Mm -hmm. Adding that automation so that employees can come in and actually do their job and thrive is super important. It can't be this mundane, crazy process that, that they
0: hate to do after two weeks. And when I hear systems and processes, I think of KPIs, key performance indicators. And if you don't have your systems and processes put together in a well-designed and organized CRM, then it's pretty difficult to know where you stand. Every day I can come into the office because of the systems and processes you've implemented in our CRM and within our entire structure. And I I can get a a 30,000 foot view of our business just like that how many leads came in today how many for the, the week how many of these people have moved forward and signed an agreement how many of them actually secured financing how many new partners have we signed up today you know what's going on what is our trend is our trend up is it down and then all of those key performance indicators track back into your cash flow and you can look at your uh, cash flow reports and your profit and loss at the end of the week, and really get an idea of what is the health of the business, and you can identify problems. Oh, we've got a leak here. We've got something we need to fix here. Maybe something broke in the system that needs to be fixed, or maybe we just need to make a pivot, which you just barely made. A, I think a really important one to where a text goes out quicker. Somebody, you basically, it's. Uh, I, I just finished Elon Musk uh, biography, and he has this concept called first principles, and Basically you look at the process of any business and you find out what is actually slowing things down that I can delete. That's what you just did with that because we had this slower system, not even that slow, but you know a text message that might go out 30 to 60 minutes later based on a manual manual review of a file and now we have an automated system that text message is going out within 3 to 5 minutes. Now we just deleted a whole bunch of wasted time. We're going to get more people moving faster. So what part of your process can you delete to speed things up that's actually slowing the process
1: down? Absolutely. That and and checks and balances, Leo. That's the other really big thing that you guys Sometimes it's so silly, like such a simple, and this used to happen. Someone would go on, we'd send them a contract. They'd they'd jump on DocuSign it, they'd sign it. But if we weren't paying close attention to the email that came through saying, Hey, so-and-so signed a contract, Mm. we missed it. And all of a sudden a week passes and the client's like, (laughs) what's going on? Well, guess what? You just lost that that client. You lost, in our case, you know, two to $6,000. Whereas now someone signs a contract, it triggers a Slack message, it triggers a text, it triggers an email, it puts a tag on the system in Zoho. And then there's an element of when it's converted, someone has to leave a checkbox before it can go to the next step. So there's checks and balances in place for these these key components of your business so you're not losing opportunities anymore. So yeah, that that's going to be a big one to dive into because too many solopreneurs think that, oh, well... No, I don't need a, a CRM yet. I don't need Slack yet. I don't need this. I'm I'm so small. I'll just do it out of out of Google Docs or Google Sheets. Well, that's the time you need this more than ever because the cost of, of losing a single client is so much more to you than it is to a massive enterprise level
0: level business. And then that leads us to the final chapter where eventually you graduate from becoming from being a solopreneur and the only operational technician person to actually becoming an entrepreneur and for me I always think back to a book by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth Revisited and it essentially just talks about some of the struggles that this lady who was running a bakery had and the the first one was well no one can make you know the the baked goods as good as I can and it's like well that might be true or that actually might not. Oftentimes you can actually find someone who might be doing better than you. That's a good thing, that's great. Now you free up your time and you can build the business. If you have systems and processes, you free up your time and you can work on the business instead of always in it. And so you start to build a team. To become an entrepreneur and the team and that might mean less income for you initially but that's okay because now you get time freed up and you can work on growing the business and ultimately you can actually go on vacation you can actually you know go do something and the business keeps moving and you start putting leaders and the systems and processes in place to build and grow the business and a lot of it i think of two things that you're doing as you graduate you're leveraging people and you're leveraging technology. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love
1: these seven chapters because it's it's not something that we're just trying to write a book on that we haven't done ourselves. Like these these seven chapters in this order for this reason, like this is our business and, and there's proof of concept behind this book we're about to write. There's real life examples and, and stories and not just ours, but we've served thousands of small business owners and startups over the years. So we've got a lot of of uh, information. And like I said, stories we can tell about all of these aspects.
0: So, you know, we just joined uh, Russell Brunson's uh, Inner Circle Mastermind Group. And one of the things he talks about, and he's written uh, three really awesome books. And he says, you don't just make up a book, you earn a book. And I feel like that's what we've done with this book the last few years is we've earned this book in terms of these are real tangible steps that you can take as a solopreneur or small business owner to really become a successful entrepreneur. And a lot of these are almost like, it's almost like we're giving you a chief financial officer and all the secrets of a chief financial officer and just making them easy to implement within your business. And a chief financial officer, the average salary you have to pay that person is two hundred twenty nine. dollars thousand dollars a year or more. And so we're basically saying, hey, these are all the things that work that a CFO might be doing for you. And honestly, a COO as well, a chief operating officer like you with systems and processes, put all these things to work. And now you you have the financial secrets to build a successful entrepreneurial business that you can be proud of, that runs without you, that can grow, that can scale, that can make the impact that you always dreamt that it could.
1: Absolutely. I I can only imagine if we had
0: this book from It actually (laughs) would have saved us a lot of time and a lot of headache and a lot of struggle. But hey, the cool thing is now we can share it with others and they can share it with others and they can all take action and move forward and have the chance to join the Seven Figures Club of only 5% of businesses, you know, generate seven figures annually in revenue and income. And so these are going to be the seven steps to really you know, move them to seven figures and then even beyond that to eight figures. And so I'm excited to write this. We're going to be working hard on this book uh, over uh, the next uh, three months and getting it published in January or February. So it's going to be going to be a fun journey. And we're going to have a lot of case studies and stories that really like, you know, facts we forget as people but stories we remember and yeah. that makes the impacts so we're going to try and make sure that we have as many stories as possible we're going to have my 18 year old daughter read it and if she stays entertained then we know we did her job <laughs> absolutely all right should we pivot Talk uh, about NFL for a minute let's finalize this
1: show all right so nfl here's here's a few thoughts i have over the over the weekend number one the patriots are the worst team in the nfl oh bill like I oh, I can't think I, I'm trying to think of these other teams down towards the bottom and I, I can't think of another team right now that I feel confident the Patriots would go beat. The oh. Raiders were one of them that I may have said a few weeks ago, yeah, they'll probably go beat the Raiders. I don't think they're beating the Texans. I don't think they're beating the Colts. Like the Texans are decent. The Texans are, are looking pretty solid. I, I I think the Patriots are the worst team in the NFL, which just again and again and wow. again tells me that wow. dude, it was all Tom Brady. <laughs> No one leaves Bill Belichick's program and goes and has success elsewhere. He's not creating good coaches. None of these players that left Tom Brady, like the Chris Hogan's, go out and do absolutely anything. Nope. Tom's the only one that's that's left Bill and done it himself. It was a good team he went into at Tampa, but not as good as some of the teams that that he beat to get that
0: Super Bowl. Dude, that like, team didn't even have a winning year the year before. Yeah, He took them from... Not having a winning season to winning a Super Bowl in one year. Yeah. What the hell? That's unbelievable. I'm glad
1: I named my son Tom and not Bill. I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he chose life. So so that's my first thought. My second thought is we have kind of been spot on with the 49ers as far as they are as good as McCaffrey and Debo are healthy. And one injury, McCaffrey leaves the game, and a P.J. Walker led Cleveland Browns, beat the 49ers what the
0: heck now granted the 49ers missed a field goal at the end but hey that's part of being a team
1: yeah I that's mean part of being the 49ers we saw with McCaffrey and Debo healthy are beating the Browns that have Walker at quarterback not even not even Deshaun Watson not not that's whatever like the point, uh, yeah. UCLA guys it's it's this guy that no he's a not a good quarterback and oh. Oh dude, it's just crazy. The NFL is is so it,
0: there's a lot of parity. Oh. Nobody's undefeated anymore like you talked about. So so the the top teams in the NFC record-wise, you've got the 49ers and Eagles and then in the AFC, we've got Miami and Kansas. Yep. Yep. And I uh, you know, another one lost team over there on the
1: NFC side is the Lions. Oh my gosh, you're right. So you're right. Yeah, but I, I and again, I mean the Eagles they're just not playing good football. The Jets aren't they a great team. They nearly as good.
0: No. no, they just lost to, yeah, you're right. They just lost to the Jets.
1: I mean, Zach Wilson, in Philadelphia, he didn't make right? a lot of mistakes, but he didn't even have a passing touchdown. Like, no, it, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I love this season. And, and again, wide open. the other thought that I had is that we were spot on with Leo is
0: the Bills are, are in big trouble. Oh yeah, you can't they're so you can't count on them. They they barely squeaked by uh they should have lost week. to the
1: Giants. Like yeah. that mismanaged time by by Tyrod Taylor lost the Giants that game. Yeah. Granted you can't look at it as one play, but the Bills defense is so hurt right now. Like and they're hurt in a way that these guys aren't even coming back this season. No, they're, dumb, they're out for the bro. year. No. So. You,
0: if your cornerbacks are out and now you've got backups well now as a core as a the the other the opposing team's quarterback you're feasting on them you're going yeah. after them I would always watch this and Tom Brady would always do this like the starting quarterback of a team might go out and he knew it exactly and he would go and attack that guy and punish that guy for like the rest oh, of the yeah. game because he knew he could oh yeah
1: and I mean you've you've been in a situation as an athlete where it's like you're getting beat, and this guy's better than me, and I'm sunk. And when they keep going at you again and again and again, it's like, holy shit, please stop. It's, just, it's demoralizing. It stop. And, and it's that's, demoralizing. Yeah, they're in the NFL, they're going to capitalize on that. So, yeah, it's,
0: it's a funny, funny year. But, but dude, Miami, I got to tell you, I think you called it early on before the season started. You could make a case that they look like the best team right now. Honestly, I'm going to give you my power ranking right
1: all now. Right, what do we man. got? And I don't know if ESPN, I think it comes out today. I don't know if they've released it yet, but truth be told, you guys, again, you look at the overall health of everyone and where they're at right now and where teams stand right now. Miami's the number one team in the NFL. They're clicking on all cylinders. They're getting healthy. Apparently Jalen Ramsey's going to be back in, in November. Like, they were saying it was December. No, he's he's going to start playing next month. Like, That's really the one missing component they have is is a really good, strong shutdown corner aside from Xavier Howard. So you add Ramsey to that mix, they're good luck. Buckle up. You're going to
0: need to score a lot of points to beat them. They're very deep. Yeah. I thought Philadelphia was the most, uh, the deepest uh, team in the NFL, but I think it's Miami. Yeah. It's
1: it's crazy. I mean... So who's number two? So I'm going Miami at number one. Honestly, right now... I've got to keep – it's hard, but I, I think I'm going to keep the Eagles right there because they are still healthy. I, I just think they've they've got to sink as a team a little bit better. They've got to get that mojo back, but I, I think they will. Um, the 49ers, the second, the the McCaffrey, he's a glass doll. I love him. He's one of my favorite players, but he's a glass doll. The second you start having a quad and a hamstring, you're it's it's not going away the rest of the year. Debo's been banged up all year. I think the injury bug's gonna gonna sink the
0: 49ers this Dude, year. Those two, I can't think of a year that either of them made it through the year without missing a game or two or three or four. Yeah, or like just being out for the year.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm I mean Kittle even had
0: his issues last year,
1: but we'll, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Iukes already had to miss time this year. So we shall see, but I, I'll keep the 49ers in that three spot for the time being because of their coach and their defense, but I'm keeping them right there. And then the lions, I'm putting the lions at number four. I so badly want to put them at number two and I wouldn't be surprised if a week or two from now they are in that number two spot, but I'm going to put the lions at number four right now. And then, um, the chiefs are yep. number five. Yep. And then it's a pretty big drop off from there. Right? It, it is. You look at number six, it could be the bills. It could be the Steelers. It could be the jets. Baltimore. It could be the Ravens. It could yeah. be the Titans. It's like, yep. there's so many middle pack teams right now, but. There's my there's my Power Five. I'm I'm curious to go check ESPN and see what that's think. a
0: that's a pretty good Power Five. I I can't disagree with any of it. So.
1: But uh, guess what? Miami's got the Eagles coming up. They've got the Chiefs in Germany coming up. So we're gonna find oh, out real really? quickly if uh
0: if wow, it's if they're Germany, legit. Huh? Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. gonna be a great game. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the 7 Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your debt worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.